This is a little audio report recorded March 5th, 2010. And it's uh, in reference to a dream, a weirdly vivid dream, something I refer to as a reassuring dream. And I had this dream on the night of February 16th. Um, uh, I've been referring to these as reassuring dreams. And when I say reassuring, there's something in the dream quality that is um, where I quite clearly think to myself, um, oh, this is much less stressful than I would have guessed. And uh, there's, an, there's an experience in this dream where I float, and, and it is very, uh, it very much matches that. It's, it's very pleasant, it's not at all scary, it's got a nice uh, feel to it, and um, in essence, it's reassuring. And, and I've had a series of these, uh, and I've been posting these on the blog. This one matches perfectly. I did something I've never done before. I woke up after having the dream, and I, I sleep in a loft, um, sort of in, in a small cabin up near the uh, frame of the roof, and I climbed down the steps, and I got my audio voice recorder. I carried it back up to bed, I climbed under the covers, and I laid there in bed, in under the covers, minutes, potentially less than a minute, after waking up, and uh, and I recorded my impressions. And I'll play that now. I'm going to come in at the end. I'll play the whole thing. I won't edit anything out. And at the end, I'll come in and uh, and give a little post review. And I found it very interesting. Um, I just had the most vivid dream. I am quite convinced it was a dream of some sort of UFO abduction. Uh. It was sprawling, it was fast-moving, it had lots and lots of elements. Uh, I began, it was, I was in a forest, and it was Michigan, and I looked and saw something through the trees, and it was a, um, looked like a lampshade tipped to the side, laying on its side, and it reminded me of the, uh, Katrina Wilson talked about, no, excuse me, not Katrina Wilson, uh, I can't remember her name, my cat's licking my hand. Um, it looked like a satellite dish or a lampshade tipped on its side, it was glowing orange, I could see it through the trees, and I remember saying, like, oh, shit, that's it. That's the thing. And uh, the next thing I knew, I was being lifted up in the air. It was extremely... uh, familiar. And I remember saying to myself, like, uh, you know, I have a choice to black out, or I have a choice to to, uh, see this through. And I was like, you know, God damn it, I'm going to see this through. Um... Uh, I was taken to, uh, I could look down and see the forest, and then in a section in the forest, there was a big black spot in the forest. Hold it. Turn that off, kitty. Um, there was a big black spot looking down in the forest as I was floating, sort of fast, above the forest. Um, looking down, I saw a... 
black round spot, and I, then I descended very rapidly right into the center of that round spot. I ended up floating in this strange tube. It was big. And then the one thing I remember is it was like, this was very metaphorical. I do not think this really happened. Um, uh, and, there, and there was all these shapes and letters that were on the walls, and they were like little children's toys almost, where you could lift them off the wall. And I remember being completely focused by one shape, and it was the shape of a W. And I, and I, and I almost feel like I should draw it right now, because I made very a big effort to um, to focus on it. It would have been a cursive W, and it would have had... Uh, it was asymmetrical, and one end was curly and one end wasn't. Um, I had a lot went on. Uh, there were some sexual elements to this. Uh, and uh, there was one point where someone was announcing that this was, um, uh, you know, they were, they were, and I, now I can't remember what exactly what they were announcing, but they were announcing something, and I was back on Earth. And I remember thinking, they're lying, they're lying, it's deception. And all these sort of naive people were like believing it. And when I, when I sort of whispered to them, I said, I think, you're, I think this is a lie. Their eyes turned like weirdly black, like a bad science fiction special effect. Um, and then, uh, and that's all I can remember. And I was back in New York City for some reason. And... That was just a little bit over four minutes, that um, post-dream explanation of my memories. I just want to go through a few things point by point. One, uh, initially I said, uh, in, in that uh, Into the Voice recorder, I said, you know, the forest is Michigan. And it very well may be, but if you read uh, one of my blog postings, I talk about the fact that this might be a highway just outside of Sedona. I don't want to put too much credence on that, but it seemed interesting. Uh, so, you know, initially I said it was Michigan, and now I don't know quite what to think. It's, it sort of matches a, a highway along Sedona, the way the trees were spaced, uh, pine trees, nice flat floor. It does match in a curious way to the way the forest looked along the highway at night outside of Sedona. Um, the trees were very thin. They were tall pine trees. There was no branches near the bottom, and the forest floor itself was... Um, very flat and would have been very easy to walk around in. Uh, you wouldn't have to step over bushes or, or um, through branches or anything. I made reference to a book, and I initially I said it was Katrina Wilson, and then I, I, I knew at the time that I was wrong, and it was actually Carla Turner. I'm holding the book in my hand right now, and it's a book called Into the Fringe by Carla Turner, Ph.D. It's an excellent book. Carla Turner died in the late 90s, um, and this she wrote, a, she wrote three books. All three are excellent. And um, there was a scene in this story where someone in her family, if I'm not mistaken, and they are in a yard, and the family member has a very distressing memory of seeing a satellite dish in the yard. And it's very disturbing, and it comes out very awkward, and and it's confusing. And later, and I think this is later under hypnosis, um, it wasn't a satellite dish at all. It was something much more 
scary. Uh, and I can't remember how it plays out in the book. Uh, I should I should look it up again. I've probably read the book 15 years ago. But um, that was my impression at the time. It, it felt like this is not a lampshade. I knew damn well it was not a lampshade. And, um, and it reminded me of that sequence in the book. Uh, at another point, I say my cat uh, turned on my lap. Or I, I hear my cat in the background, and I mumble something. And then my cat was walking around, had the laptop on the on the bed, and um, uh, the the cat had stepped on on like one of the keys, and it started playing a podcast that was on there. And I think it was a UFO related podcast, and it was a, a Project Camelot interview, and it was Carrie Cassidy's voice. You can hear it just for a brief second in the background before I shut it off. Um, this may have. Uh, some references at the very end where um and I write this in the text but what happened is I was having trouble sleeping which is typical for me the night of the stream uh because the next morning I was planning to get up and drive early I had a long drive to get down to southern Nevada um so I woke up in the middle of the night and I was uh, you know fitful and restless and and um and I had my laptop nearby so I decided to just play uh, an audio podcast as a way just to take up some time and hopefully just, you know, lull me back into sleep. Uh, I played a podcast from Project Camelot, and uh, it's interesting because at the very end, I talk about hearing or seeing a woman talk about some stuff, and I feel like it's a lie, it's a lie, it's a lie, and this is in the dream, and I talk about this and articulate this in both the uh, text that I wrote out in the... In the uh, blog posting, as well as in this post-dream review, and um, and I mention it to this person. It's a lie. And and just now, having heard Carrie Cassidy's voice for just that brief second, where my cat uh, started the computer, I'm curious if I was, like, somehow that got filtered into the dream. Somehow Carrie Cassidy's voice got filtered into the dream, and my, my gut reaction, even while asleep, was uh, was one of uh, disbelief, you know, one of out and out, you know, I just uh, just didn't register as true, and, and I spoke up and said as much. And this woman in the dream, uh, she was standing, talking to some people. It had this weird cult feeling. It had this weird cult leadership feeling uh, to it uh, that was unmistakable. And all her cohorts behind her, a small team of maybe three or four people, um, all got these creepy black eyes, and they kind of confronted me and just kind of warned me. It was very ominous. And uh, and it was also not only ominous, it was like really tacky. It was like a really dumb special effect from a, from like a bad X-Files episode. And then I also mentioned there were some sexual elements to this. Uh, I was going to edit that out, and I decided not to. It's, it's I say as much, and, and uh, some dreams are, uh, you know, those elements do, sh- do show up in the dream. I'm not going to talk about them. They're not that interesting. Uh, anyway, um, this dream has had a bunch of very curious things associated with it that happened afterwards, and, and, I'm, and I'm very impressed uh, and I'll also add that the drawings I did, I did in a weird compulsive flurry. I didn't, I didn't do those drawings. Um, I mean, those were. I felt like I needed to sit down and do those drawings. And um, and I, I worked hard on the mood of those drawings. I feel like I could go in there and, and put a lot more detail in with the pen. I wasn't really concerned with that, but I was concerned very much with the mood of the drawings. Um, this dream, when I say vivid dream, I ain't kidding. The the, the colors were outlandishly bold in a way that's uh, abnormal for my dreams. And the reassuring content um, fits a pattern where, where I did have 
a very reassuring sensation, that, that floating sensation. It was like a relief. It was like, oh, this isn't bad. Floating, this is fine. And now here's the weird part. And, uh, and I want to dismiss it outright because uh, it's just so hard to believe. But after I finished recording... I turned the voice recorder off, I set it down next to my bed, I turned the light off, and there was a glowing blue orb above my bed. Uh, I sleep in a loft, it's a tiny little room, and it wasn't very far away, it was probably four feet away from my face, Um, and it faded away, it lasted maybe two or three seconds didn't blink out, it faded away, it didn't move, it just kind of faded away. Now, I will say it very much could have been, um, you know, just my eyes readjusting some little uh, ghost image on my retina from from a light in the room or something. Uh, I've since played around a little bit with, like, you know, staring at the light and turning the light off and seeing if it matches. It doesn't. Uh, I have a little... My computer was on the bed at the time, and there's a tiny little orange light that... uh, shows that the computer's on, and I kind of stared at that for a second, and then looked up at the ceiling, thinking that it might have burned into my retina somehow, and and, uh, it doesn't match in the slightest. Uh, It wasn't um, uh, like those flat, two-dimensional-looking orbs that show up in digital photographs in a flash. It was um, a soft-focus sphere about the size of a grapefruit. uh, and it was blue, it was translucent, it wasn't solid, uh, and it faded away just after I turned off the light. Um, and I'll also add that it didn't scare me in the slightest. As I say this, it should have freaked me out, but I remember just thinking like, huh, and then uh, going to sleep. Uh, if anyone's made it this far, uh, thanks for your patience and listening, and um, bye-bye. <laughs>